if I learn financial literacy, it's not me giving into the system, it's me learning how to work the system to my benefit that I have to be in. Is I had this realization that we are triggered or activated by people for three different reasons. It, you, that can boil, be boiled down for to three things. And this is, one, we do the same exact thing as that person. For example, I'm driving on the highway and someone cuts me off and I get triggered. Oh, shit. I have done that before many times to someone else, right? Or they're texting and driving and you're like, fuck, you should put your phone down. I'm like, oh, I do the same thing. <laughs> the second is we're jealous and we're envious. So let's say I'm walking down the street and I see this really, this white guy who has some dope clothes on that are really cool. And I'm like, ugh, you know what I mean? Is it really that I'm ugh or is it really that I'm jealous? And the third is how capitalism is impacting someone. So let's say I'm walking down the street and there is some people who are houseless and they're, you know, having an experience on the street. And my first reaction is like, ugh, I'm not actually judging them. I'm actually judging the system that has disempowered them to that state. This is a podcast for you. This is a podcast for me. This is a podcast for the world we want to see. This is an ode to the commons from which we have fallen. This is a prayer for our return, for the return of a smile, for the return for a while, to the village, to the passion, to the expression, to the journey, to the spirit. My name is Aliko. I'm an event producer, designer, photographer, coach, serial entrepreneur, community curator, and anti-capitalist somatic historian. In this podcast, we explore the many threads of what holds us all in the fabric of life, spirit, business, liberation, music, culture, nature, and more. We the people join you the people for the people podcast. Lydia is an Iranian-Armenian-American folk multi-instrumentalist, revolutionary bringer, cultural tender, grief worker, and mischief maker. In her performances, she weaves together her songwriting, folk standards, Iranian ballads, love of harmonies, fiddle, banjo, and collective singing into an altar of music to lay out at your feet. She is the creator behind Singing the Bones, a chorus with Leah Song of Rising Appalachia, and a music project that brings American artists together to explore and share folk music from their ancestry, encouraging cultural revitalization and diasporic healing. She has engaged in vibrant collaboration with world-renowned artists Climbing Poetry, Rising Appalachia, Mamuse, and Lila June. Lydia has also studied dedicatedly with deep ecological elder and Buddhist scholar Joanna Macy for the past 15 years, learning how we can metabolize planetary despair, anxiety, and community traumas into energy for resilience, action, and community healing. She founded and runs the School for the Great Turning, which creates access to an education that will empower humanity's life-sustaining legacy. Visit www.schoolforthegreatturning.com. How does it feel to like be giving your gifts like 
does it you know how to be surviving capitalism off of your purpose it's such a niche place to be you know not everybody's there an interesting thing happened for me about five years ago so i you know for my whole adulthood before then wasn't necessarily making money through my own gifts i was a stagehand in the union for 10 years which worked well for my life because i would work these four-day gigs and then have like a few days off and can do other stuff but i went to work with a tool belt on for 10 years and what's up you know i worked hard and about 10 years ago i i had i uh started having this pelvic pain condition and so about six five six years ago i mean i had another flare-up and it put me in bed for like a month and a half and i was like i can't do this anymore i cannot not be able to a make income because of something that is out of my control that is physical and it kind of, it just kind of all constellated together and i had had this idea to start an organization to house the things i really wanted to facilitate and teach and the people i truly wanted to work with and i just i had to do it in that moment i will say one of the things that honestly for real made a big difference was me realizing that i had accepted a lack of financial literacy because of the way i had grown up and i had accepted that as a working class family of color we it was normal for us to not have financial literacy of how to survive in this system So I, I kind of had a little mini revolution within myself and happened to meet this amazing friend now, Brooklyn, right at the time. And just like different things that supported me and saying, wait a second, it's just another system. And if I learn financial literacy, it's not me giving into the system. It's me learning how to work the system to my benefit that I have to be in. And so then I pursued some financial literacy and I took at Optima Business Bootcamp, they have like a 12 week business incubator, but it's for nonprofits too. And it's especially for people of color. And I took that for 12 weeks and I learned just some basics of organizational structure, even language. I was like, what is, the, what is this? What is it? I didn't know. And then I think that me flipping my head to think of it that way, it helped a lot. And now I run an organization where we do educational programs and we sell them, but we're also no one turned away for lack of funds. And I'm like, that's what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life. And so I'm still figuring it out, but at least I figured, the first year was hard, I'm not gonna lie. The first year and a half was hard. And then it started, like the pieces started working together and I was able to support myself and, you know, support different folks in my family during months where they needed it, which is what I needed to be able to do and wanted to do. And, you know, now I have like five part-time employees, which is wild. That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but like my day job is like I'm a brand designer and a business coach. 
yeah. in a similar vein as a person of color and reorienting to capitalism in order to as a tool and less as like and it's a barrier and if we're put here you know if we're you need to partake like we might as well learn it and evolve through it in a way i ha- i just got this new tattoo actually it's a- it's on my wrist it says everything is here for us to overcome challenges capitalism in all these different ways and how you overcome it is everything is so different you might have to learn new skills to get through it you might have to like mm-hmm. uh set boundaries cuz you're like i can overcome by choosing myself um but in a similar vein i tell clients this all the time where essentially like the your businesses and projects will ask a new version of you your organizations yeah. will ask a new version of you yes and um and I see, like, it's, and it's amazing too. It's not the first time that I've heard someone have like a wild, um, what's it called? A wild, like medical condition that sparks them into their purpose work. Mm. Like I've heard this story so many times and it's amazing how the really? universe. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing how the universe will put blocks in your life in order because and I've been stewing on this recently too, how this idea of like pro-noia, like everything is, the universe is mm-hmm. for you. In your favor. In your yeah. favor, essentially. And how the universe is actually trying to give you everything you want, but it's, but we get caught up in the story of like, oh my God, this terrible thing is happening to me. You could have been like, oh no, this terrible thing has happened to me. I'm going to fail. I'm not going to do what I need, blah, blah. I'm just going to bunker down and heal. But instead you were like, this is an opportunity and how do we look at like all these different um parts in our lives as like nothing yeah. good or bad is just input just information and opportunity and i see that you stepped into this new level of yourself in order to have an organization and and that's so inspiring and i i that's a similar to to my story as well and like just honoring that journey for you and Yeah, it's totally a thing. It's interesting because I think different, there's almost like different archetypal ways that we might deal with hardship. And I do think that one of my primary ways has been, I don't know if it's because I'm an oldest sister. I don't know if it's because I'm from New Jersey. I don't know if it's because I'm Persian. I don't know. But it's always been like, well, I just got to do what I got to do. Like, I am grateful for that in myself. It can't, it, it, I did also need to learn how to integrate the emotional breakdown and need with the, I got to do what I got to do so that I wasn't disjointed, but that I was more integrated. But, you know, I'm great. I am grateful for that, for that way of myself because it does, you know, like for instance, when now I just like with the financial system, I just feel like, well, hack the system. We just hack this. We got to do what we got to do. If I can become literate enough to hack the system for the benefit of myself and the people around me, great. Maybe that's one of my roles. Mm-hmm. Do I, want 
you know, capitalism, does that mean I vote for capitalism? No. It means that I look at the ingredients of the ecosystems that I am within and around, and I collaborate with the ones and celebrate the ones that are life affirming and that I love and the people around me and the ones that I that might be ones that I can't extradite myself that I know are both harmful and survival supporting my approach is probably just I gotta do what I gotta do yeah I feel that yeah like I have I'm 27 trans person of color here in Seattle and I live in a beautiful spot on the water and I've I've worked really hard to get to where I'm, I am with my own business and I with several and like I similarly like I got to do what I got to do and I was actually with a, a friend the other day um his name is is he's like my second dad sort of we don't see each other too often but uh he's just like a father figure um who's influenced me in his in his life and Mm. He was, he said to me, like, my son who was 16, he's like, he's gotten handed everything, you know, he has no drive, you know, and he was like, you on the other hand, like, he's like, he, he, he reframed it for me. He's like, this might be like, look at it as influential or beneficial, you know, that you weren't handed everything that you have these skills of how to get through cap, right. The world from a different perspective in a different way rather than people who have been handed everything you know right so, and it's and it's power and it's resilience that's a skill set it is it's a skill set yeah it's a re kind of a reframe and also t- in this similar vein where you were you were kind of just saying like how what are the ingredients to the system around me and how do i use it to benefit myself and the the people i love um i've been thinking about the ingredients to to open up different realities essentially yeah i love that that's so emergent strategy which i'm obsessed with yeah ooh, ooh, i want to hear more about that but this is the <laughs> what i've been thinking about it's like and i saw this analogy on on tiktok and it was this lady she was like your life is like a pomegranate and she had a pomegranate and she's opening it up she's like every single seed is a different reality of who you are in here there's a seed where you're a marine biologist there's a Mm. seed where (laughs) you blob like so many infinite realities there's and whatever the reality of what you want or need is in here somewhere but what keeps us from accessing those realities of who we want to be or who we are is our limiting beliefs beliefs and our and our traumas and so how do we like you know pick a reality like who and I ask this question to clients all the time and I'll ask it to you I guess who is the Lydia who has everything she wants mm-hmm. you're almost you know what I mean who is the Lydia who has everything she wants and what does she do every day like what are her practices how does she interact with people where does she travel to like you know just create a version of you that has what you want and like almost start doing those things or start wearing those clothes or start you know what I mean to in order you pull that reality kind of closer to you and and it is kind of it and it's a long time it's like it doesn't happen like right away like the it's it's this ever-evolving story right 
but I, I, I started to ask myself those questions and there are times that I get it and there's times that I don't, but that's consistency. You know, there's the times that I'm like waking up every day to do my morning routine and there's days that I don't. And, but how do we access these different realities? How do we get past those blocks? You could have just approached cap like the financial literacy and just been like, this isn't for me next, you know, but you, everything is here for us to overcome. Like you got through it. It's interesting, the timing of this conversation, because one of the things that has recently happened again, that's been more in fact impactful and difficult for me is the actions of a very select few older white women who work in the same field as me that I think it's jealousy. I think it's me being successful and then them going to mommy and complaining about me. And, and it's just like, and it's really painful. Yeah. And I almost thought this morning, like I should send them my therapy bill. Um, <laughs> I was like, I mean, that's fair, right? So it's interesting what you're saying because I just now am encountering the kind of barrier where I'm like, well, that's not me creating my reality. And that's some sh bullshit I have to deal with. And there comes a point still, even in this situation, where I have to make a choice about how I'm going to deal with it in my own mind. And if I'm going to go towards liberation or if I'm going to go on keeping, keeping coming back to it in a way that just keeps hurting me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at some point I, I have different moments where I have to like deal with it in the world. I'm even just scared to talk about it, but I want to be real because I know I'm not the only one who has to deal with this when my shit is like something that has some resonance in the world. And so folks are showing up to my workshops or my classes or whatever. And I, it's not that I don't try and be humble because I do. I just, I just also try and be highly skilled. And I think that that has a positive impact. And, and it's interesting because these women have never come to me. <laughs> they always are going to somebody else behind my back to try and impact me. I don't know. It's just very bizarre. I guess it's maybe it's classic. I don't know. It's just so not, I don't know. It, it's just, it's just painful. And, and so for you to ask me that question today, what is the Lydia that has everything that she wants to be? And when I say the very first thing that comes up is to serve and empower the great turning as much as possible. Why do those women still come up in the corner? I mean, they they wouldn't have before this week because there was like a fresh thing that arose again. But like, God damn it. Like, you know, it's like I just yeah, I I, I want to be free in my vision sphere of like if there are people who have feedback for me to make me grow, they are welcome. If there are people who are just trying because they can't stand the the like scope of my own stature or whatever it is the presence of my excellence or you know whatever it is like you're not welcome here and you just need to be dealt with hope I, I wish by other white folks who could just hold you accountable but i've tried and it's not happening yet so <laughs> but like they're still in my sphere mm -hmm. when i envision the most of what i want and that's not 
the landing place. And so I need to figure out how to free my psyche from that once again. And it, it is a bit frustrating. So two things here. Thank you for that. That Thank you for bringing in some real realness. Oh, um, it's so vulnerable, but I do want to be real because yeah. I know it's not just me. Yeah, for sure. And I have, I mean it, I'm so happy you're bringing it in. So there's two, there's two threads here. The first is like the question I would have for you is like, how does that Lydia react to adversity and to people who are jealous? Like the highest version, for example, like right now, currently, um, I'm being dragged through someone's Facebook page for standing up for an indigenous trans person of color. <gasps> I'm be and that person is friends with me on Facebook. They could easily have a conversation with me, but they'd rather publicly like drag me through their Facebook semi animist weird cult uh, rather than um, <laughs> rather than have a conversation I with talk me. To you. And yeah. they've been tagging me like repeatedly. No. Yeah, they've been like trying to coax me like saying really fucked up shit like and I'm just like LOL like I do not care. Like, I'm not going to give you bait. I said what I needed to say in a beautiful, grounded right. way that so many people came through and liked. And I'm done. Like, you're you're not, you're not, I'm over here changing the world. Sorry that all you're doing is, like, dragging people right. through the streets. Like, I'm going to keep doing my thing. Like, I know who I am. I know who I serve. Right? So there's that component. And the other is a thread that I have been stewing on for the last almost year, about eight months, is I had this realization that we are triggered or activated by people for three different reasons. It That can boil, be boiled down for, to three things. And this is, I, and I haven't found a fourth. The three, so let's say, any activation, any trigger can be boiled down to three things. One, we do the same exact thing as that person. For example, I'm driving on the highway and someone cuts me off and I get triggered. Oh, shit. I have done that before many times to someone else, right? Or they're texting and driving and you're like, fuck, you should put your phone down. I'm like, oh, I do the same thing. <laughs> the second is we're jealous and we're envious. So let's say I'm walking down the street and I see this really, this white guy who has some dope clothes on that are really cool. And I'm like, ugh, you know what I mean? Is it really that I'm ugh or is it really that I'm jealous? And the third is how capitalism is impacting yeah. uh, someone. So let's say right. I'm walking down the street and there is some people who are houseless and they're, you know, have an experience on the street and my first reaction is like ugh, i'm not actually judging them i'm actually judging the system that has disempowered them to that state so so we can walk around and and, and envy is this weird backwards like taboo feeling you know yeah. in our culture where we're not we feel it all the time but we're not really supposed to talk about it or, mm. or feel it and so it kind of gets like shoved down it comes out sideways right So from this place of like thinking about MB, like these women are envious to you of you, and you know maybe they're not they're triggered how by maybe they they do the same thing. Some of the things they're triggered by, 
they're they're doing the same thing and they have no recollection of it but it's probably the envy and it's coming out sideways instead yeah. of processing it and feeling like ah, oh, i am envious of lydia violet she's doing amazing stuff i wish my platform was as big as hers blah 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 ah oh. it's funny because like in this part of the reason why i know i like go towards that that this is envy is because i've had same generation two other white women come to me and in the last three years and admit and say i want to apologize to you because i have been giving you passive aggressive energy because i was jealous of you and i thought to myself why didn't i do what she's doing and i'm so i mean it's not a comfortable conversation, but at least they were honest with me because I could sense something, you know, and I was really grateful that at least I knew what was going on, you know. Absolutely. And when we can speak to it, we feel it to heal it. It we discharged. Like, it dis exactly. It did. And now I'm good with both those exactly. women, like they're supporters. I'm supporters of them. Like, I'm so glad to be good with them again because I actually just want to be good with people like. And obviously you can only be good if like you both take responsibility, if you have shit to take responsibility for. And they did. And yeah, it was like, that's been very, very, it's just, I, I guess that's part of why I'm like, I think the same shit is going on with these other women. And I, but like you're saying, I feel like maybe a good landing place for me would be to have like compassionate boundaries in my own psyche. And or, like, and I can compassion. have compassion for them. Yes. And like, it's like, you can spin over there. Yes. Because I actually give you more impact than you have because I let you keep spinning in my mind. Yes. And pain. That's the root of all uh, some of this is, is, is pain. It's like, when we are in pain, Things come out sideways. Jealousy, envy, it's all can be rooted to like there's some sort of pain or inadequacy that's happening there. And and any input like people are giving you that's they're in and that's unable to see your viewpoint, you know, unable to they're in pain, you know. And so the compassion is absolutely, I didn't get to that right. part before, but compassion is absolutely the way through. When I see someone right. Um, who is really severely impacted by the systems of capitalism, uh, I, I can have compassion for them because X, Y, Z and the other thing. Like, when I'm envious of someone, I feel it to heal it. Like, I, I said it on the phone to my mm -hmm. partner the other day. They were out on a run, and I had been sitting on my computer all day, and I was like, I'm jealous. Like, <laughs> I felt it. I was like, oh. And then I was like, damn, okay. I'm going to go to run and then just admit the fact that I was jealous and I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Um, and or like if I'm judging some we're leaving dishes in the sink. OK, I do the same shit. You know what I mean? Like we how to and, and from that place, compassion is the way through I have found. You know who is a teacher of this visibly is Alok. I am forgetting their last name. Alok. They're they're like a fashion icon. And oh yes, I totally know this person. Yeah, they're wait, beautiful. Me, so beautiful, and you, they started posting publicly up like the way that they 
are starting to respond to haters that come in their comments. And like, these are, I mean, this is Alok Vade Manon. Mm-hmm. This is like, I mean, just the worst of the worst, like vile, vile, Vicious, yeah. you Ugh. know, and they'll just write like, hey, friend, I know that you're speaking from the pain in you and you are the the hate that you like put here is because you hate these things about yourself and like I wish you the best and at first I was like god because you really do just kind of want to hurt someone who's hurting someone sometimes totally and I think the compassionate boundary thing is real and maybe I'm like seeing in this moment that the invitation for me is to deepen another round of that, like another round to really internalize another round of compassionate boundary and just compassion to anyone who is spinning on shit I'm doing because of their own hardship or their own struggles, Yeah, you know, who like can't just come talk to me about it and we work it out and to just rather than the other thing, which is like, there's two other ways it shows up in my psyche. One is feeling the impact and the pain on myself. Like last Mm -hmm. night, I mean, I cried so much yesterday. Mm -hmm. And I mean, so much because I was feeling the impact of, of this. And then the other way that it shows up is like me feeling like I'm desperately trying to find the way to initiate repair with them, but I want them to do it. And I, Anyway, it's just like this ping pong that goes back and forth in my own brain. Mm. But I think what would be more restful in my own mind and maybe better for both of us for now is just like the com- to, to, to hold compassion and a boundary within myself that like, well, what do I do? What do we what do we do if they start doing some shit that has negative impact? Now that gets into a whole can of worms of like cancel culture and the left. Like why the question I'm I'm actually I don't know if you know Clementine Morgan, but I'm I'm interviewing mm-hmm. them on Saturday in front of a live audience here in Seattle. But that gets into like yeah, and I'm gonna pose the same question to them of like this canceling of other people, like nothing actually good comes from taking no. away. I'm not down for the punitive action. Me neither. I mean, you know what I mean? And why can't, how can we make space for people to go through their pain so that we can bridge beyond binaries for people who are on the same side? The left has gotten so intense towards each other, you know, as you know, and like, never mind people with totally opposite views from us. Like, how would the people who were more similar? Yeah. To, yeah and different like why hasn't how can we bridge to each other i hear people talking about that more like i see a recognition Mm -hmm. in justice seeking cultures and peoples that like there was a taking of the tactic that was for severe harm that was being caused and folks that really needed to be stopped you know through And then that that was trickling into trickling down, 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 and then was had kind of morphed into this 
more punitive, reparative, equity-seeking course of actions and community, and that what we actually want is non-punitive rehabilitative systems Mm -hmm. between each other and and within. Um, So I'm so curious what this person says, because I, I have seen more and more people talking about that, which is a good thing. And I guess... I guess the answer to my own question is even though I don't want to have to initiate it and do the labor, the thing to do if I want to help repair this thing, this, this dynamic in my life, if it's not initiated on the other side is to pursue rehabilitative, non-punitive evolution as whoever, you know, is part of that conversation. Absolutely. And who's who's worth your time? You know, like this person who's dragging me through the streets of his Facebook page. Right. We have definitely a lot of crossover community, but they live in Oregon and I'm not freaked out by them. And I also know that if anything was actually like said about me, people would be like, this is dumb. So not only that, but there's and maybe this is like a shadow part of me. And I'll call that for me. I found power in pity, which is super sad, but like. I have found power in just being like... They're doing the best they can. Yeah, yeah. like, oh, they're in a lot of pain. I have compassion for them. And like, I also pity you. That you're in so much pain that you resort to X, Y, Z and the other thin- thing rather than like... And, and you know, maybe they don't have the tools. Maybe they don't have... The, this is quintessential. The, the New Jersey in me has such a strong reaction to that. <laughs> But but yes, please keep going. We have learned the tools <laughs> to go through pain. We have learned, oh, when I'm feeling something towards someone, I can give them feedback. I can receive feedback, blah, blah, blah. But also having compassion that these women probably don't have the tools to move through their pain. Whether it's... I know they should. Right. Even the... They have hella privilege. <laughs> like, I know that they do. I know their situation. Like, you have the resources. <laughs> to, to learn how to go through and maybe and that's not prioritized in their field you know and what a leg up right what a leg up for and i i say i say this is kind of i also this is a taboo opinion i have but i honestly believe that people of color have a leg up on healing because we remember what has happened to us white folks have no idea what happened to them they don't know why they're so fucked up no offense. So like they blocked it like in like yeah block the more you block it out, maybe the the less access that you have to the knowledge of like how to move through right. it. And, exactly. But I, you know, and I, 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 I will. I have to go ahead and say, like, I've been working with these categories and working with my own belief that nuance will save us all. It and shows. right, and like, I believe in the white folks who have been looking and have been going through and facing their own hardships. And I see it in the world and I don't want to invisibilize that work because it's totally happening. And then I do think in general, because of guilt or what racism or whatever it is, you have, you know, folks, any folks of privilege, not, cultivating as much depth of resilience because they haven't reconciled how to get through and build strength from their own suffering and we can hold them in compassion and it that's that's 
that's some of the work. It's like, I used to be there. I used to not have the tools to move through my own pain. Me too. You know, it, it was a learned practice. I took the health boxes, you know? Um, yeah. So this being an opportunity for them also, you know, to be able to move through their own pain. And and the thing is, Lydia, you have this this piece of like self-knowing and self-power. Like no one can take that from you. And the power of the earth that is always with and inside me. I was interviewing John Seed on Thursday and he said something so beautiful. He was like, if it was all dependent on my personal power, that'd be a different story. Thank goodness. I am. It's not just about yes. my, but, but like, I want to, I want to take a moment and let in what you said, because it has a place that I do have a Lydia Violet embodied birthright to a sense of self-respect, self-value and power that no one can take away from me. And I am interconnected with the beautiful, incredible, mysterious, genius powers of the earth because there's nothing I can do to separate my body from that other than maybe have amnesia. But, you know, it helps me. I guess I guess maybe the steps for me would be to incarnate that remembrance of my personal power and then incarnate the reconnection to the earth also to know that I'm part of this living body that has got me from the feet up. And if I would add this other layer, if the universe is working in your favor and if everything is here for us to overcome, how does the Lydia, the highest version of you overcome? God damn it. The answer is love. You're brilliant. You're brilliant. You're so brilliant. I'm like sitting here just being like, wow, you have the tools, you have the knowledge, you have an organization, you play music, like you are like such a well of, <laughs> you got it all, you know? The answer is love. It is. It is. It so is. Man. Like to play violin for me is like to love the earth, to... To make beautiful food is an act of love and gratitude of being here. And maybe the depth of appreciation for my whole life and my own life can be the medicine of of the moment for me a little bit, you know. But, but that, yeah, I think the answer to your question is is love. A thousand ways of loving. I feel like what you're speaking to, the cosmology that you're speaking to of everything is in my favor. It's like the theater improv game thing of like, yes, and. So when you are, when, you know, I studied theater in undergrad and we would play these, these improvisation games. And one of the basic tenets of improvisation that makes it work is they call it yes, and. If your stage partners bring something up, you don't say no to it because that stops the scene and it stops the energy of the scene. Whatever they bring up, if they're like, oh my God, an elephant just walked in, your creative response needs to be yes and. Oh my God, an elephant walked in and 
I have a bucket of water for the elephant or whatever, you know. Whoa. Yeah, my <laughs> mind was just blown. Like, what if we move through life like that? Like, okay, this unfortunate thing just happened and it's like a stage. Like, yes, and what are the tools we have to move through it? Like, what do I actually have in my, I have a bucket of water, but my I might have, let's say like, I don't know, um, I get in a car accident, you know, <laughs> that's a, probably terrible or like there's a car accident on the road no that's real yeah but that's real let's take that one because if we're positing this theory it has to be able to apply to To inconvenient things totally so so yeah like we get in a car accident and we don't die and we're not injured or like whatever yes and what are the tools that i have to get through you know yeah what is the community calling on my community yes exactly Yes, and that can apply to anything, even good things that walk into the room. Like, yes, and what else is possible, you know, with the tools that I have? Yeah. I mean, it's something to definitely consider, I think. I do feel like, I I mean, I don't know, is emergent strategy about yes, and? I mean, emergent strategy also, you know, says the importance of boundaries, and boundaries can be a yes. Prentice Hemphill says boundaries are the distance between I can love both me and you. Yes, and. It's like. Right. It's what yes I me it's and... what I need to be there in order to say yes. Yeah. You know, or or whatever it is. So I think I think there's a, a powerful creativity that is unlocked that is far beyond most of our daily realities when we yes and mm-hmm. and and really try and see what's actually in front of us, not our concept of what's actually in front of us. Wow, my mind just was blown. That's awesome. I love coming on for like an interview thing because I love that it's like, I, I don't know what we're going to talk about, but let's do this. And then we don't know where we're going to go. And then it's like, oh, shit. We just went that there. That was dope. <laughs> we just, and then I'm like, oh, shit, I went there. Oh. <laughs> yes, bless. I do have a, like, I guess, yeah, I have one or two more questions for you Great. around. I'm really curious, like, after all of this, around emergent strategy, around all the tools you've learned to get through with all of your um, identities and your personality, who you are, where you've come from, the School for the Great Turning and your music, how do they all in like, how do they all soup together? What is the soup that you're eating? What, you know, that every day that fuels you and how does your music really, how is your music influenced by your work and mm-hmm. how does your music influence your work i would link it all back to the great turning and the great turning being a kind of mythic name but it's also literal that joanna macy amplified in the 80s to mean the turning of the species and events on this planet towards a livable future for future generations And I would say that the glue between my music, my work, my, is that my central intention and compass is to make my whole life a tour of the great turning and an empowering of it while I'm here. Wow. So the school for the great turning is here to do that through education and healing. My music can't help but be influenced by that and it's 
how my creativity comes out and and I'm feel a connection to that through the music and through the music also connects me to like all the past musicians and, and current musicians who are doing the same thing you know like like why do I love roots music why do I love folk music why do I love it's just like there's something in the folk traditions that is connected to soul and the acknowledgement of that and the preservation of it the empowering of it the healing of it you know the whole fortitude of music as medicine program is built on that and i think in general i one of the things that i'm really grateful for is that i have a home a homing in myself of understanding that I can always come back to the great turning within myself. No matter what's going on, I come back to the great turning within myself. And that is how I get through breakups. It's how I get through health scares. It's how I get through most, maybe all difficult things that I go through what difficult things the world goes through. I don't need to know what's going to happen to pledge myself to that. And when that happened for me, it was a big, another big liberation moment of the energy in my life that I didn't need to know we were going to make it or not make it to know that serving the great turning in my life for me had power and value and was what I would want to do anyway, no matter what happens and is what gives us a fighting chance. Mm. What does that look like for you? The great training within yourself? What, what are some of the things you might do for yourself or say to yourself or like, yeah, what does that look like in practice? Um, I think that, I mean, like maybe some practical questions that I ask myself is like, how do I, in in this situation, within the tools that I have and access to, that I have, pivot away from harming life and pivot further into healing life and supporting life? I think that very, very much I try and balance the gift of being here at all and enjoying the hell out of it. Uh, because liberation on behalf of what? Turning on behalf of what? So that we can enjoy life. Yes. Uh, yes. I, yes. I had this moment. I was in Mexico um, working with an uh, aquatic osteopathy therapist. Oh. Yeah. They essentially, it's like Watsu, but like fancy. Got it. <laughs> it's like, and if you, people who are listening don't know what that is. It's essentially like you're being floated in the water and you're regressed. You've got like some earplugs so the water doesn't get in your ears. You're like regressed to the womb space because we all started in water, right? And so your request to that, and you can like kind of move around and you float around. And I had this moment and I, I in the blue waters of Mexico and I was doing this and I like curled in the fetus position, like I was almost like a baby again. And then I was like burst, like I, my body just wanted to open up and I like observed the world. And I was like, oh my God, like this could be anything. Like we're here for two seconds, you know what I mean? Like this mm -hmm. life, this planet, this this reality, this acid trip, this journey could be whatever we will, we wanted it to be. 
and it's written mm-hmm. with so much pain. Like, mm-hmm. and I also then saw like, oh, it's they kind of make itself like the shadow makes light to know itself type of vibe. But like, it doesn't have to be like this. And then, and then we die. It was like, I was being, I had a, the journey of being alive in like 10 minutes from fetus mm-hmm. to, to mm-hmm. opening it up to, 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 to dying and all and and it was really kind of psychedelic you wouldn't you wouldn't think floating in water could do that but it really really mm-hmm. does and in service to joy you're right and that's what i saw in that moment too it's just like this needs to be a fucking this could be a carnival like yeah this could be uh yeah uh and how how and that's why we're all called to this work deeply all of us the all the great turners the great turners the, all the great turners we're all called for this for because we know that life can be quote charlie chaplin uh, free and beautiful for everyone i think just a a reflection that to be working on behalf of life and supporting that to be working in the great turning is not I don't want people to feel listening to that term or listening to that, that there's got to be some big thing that you show or proclaim that you're working on in order, you know, there could be, um, I don't know why I'm thinking of New Orleans. (laughs) When I go to New Orleans and I just talk to folks, the impact of some of these people on me and the impact of love or uplifting that I feel in the way that I see them because of the culture of New Orleans and and how a lot of people there tend to show up, especially Black folks and people of color. Um, the furthering of of the depth of connection and love and and community, just vibes. Like for me, like they're all part of the great turning, and like you know the mama who's like taking their kiddos out for a walk and showing them flowers is a part of the great turning. And so is Alok Manon. And so is, you know, everybody. Yeah. It's just, it's a, it's a big, big world that web, I should say. And I want folks to be able to see and understand and own for themselves the way that they've already been a part of it. And then if there's furthering you want to do or redesign of your life you want to do, great. Like if, you know, like if you're like, oh, I, I think I could pivot more in this way or something like that. Fantastic. You know, and that's what School for the Great Turning is here to help support in people is like, is that. Um, but yeah, I just want, I would want people to to leave this audio <laughs> time feeling the parts of them that are already a part of the great turning they don't have to yeah prove prove that they are they are they're alive and there are things they already do in their life that help to support life Mm -hmm. it's a moment by moment it could be feeding your partner it could be yeah i i really it's we think purpose is just this one thing you know that we're coming to do but our purpose is moment to moment yeah this was awesome. This is awesome. You're awesome. You're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. You have such a pivotal 
component. You're like, if we're all part of the great turning, you're like in a definite, a big anchor in the bay for the greatest of turnings. So I <laughs> just honor you so deeply. And thank you for helping me come back to love. And honoring in our own pain, that reminder also to just honor our own pain to move through it to to be able to get to love because we we can't just jump there we have to feel it to heal it feel it to heal it yay feel it to heal it aliko say feel it to heal it yay feel it to heal it they Lydia is the homie, Lydia is the shit, I love her so much. If you want to find more from Lydia Violet, follow her Instagram at Lydia Violet Music, L-Y-D-I-A, Violet Music, or visit her music website, LydiaFiddle.com, or check out SchoolForTheGreatTurning.com to learn more about all the educational uh, resources and classes coming out this year with amazing, incredible musicians and storytellers like Lila June, Joanna Macy, Ruth Miller, Bronte Velez, and Mamuse. Cool. Catch you next time on For the People podcast. I hope that your day is fruitful. I hope that you walk for yourself and for all the people around you today.